Hey, welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. I'm Gina Bogey. And I'm Melinda Collins. And we have a really good show in store for you today. It's our true crime episode, and we are mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. just amped up about our stories. Yes, well, and I just got back from Florida. <laughs> so you have plenty of stories to share with me that I don't know yet. So Florida never disappoints, ever. <laughs> ever. Well, let's hear what you got. Well, first of all, it was hotter than shit (laughs) while I was there. There was like heat advisories. And if there's a heat advisory in Florida, you better watch the fuck out. With the humidity, it was like 110s. It was it was intense. Ugh. The humidity was like 70, 80%. Woo. So, so no makeup, no hairspray. Your girl over here was sweating her titties off. Yeah. I mean, I still wore mascara, you know. But... <laughs> and then you just had like raccoon eyes. Raccoon eyes underneath. <laughs> yeah. My friend that came with me, she's like, how do people wear makeup in Florida? I'm like. You have to get that makeup that like covers tattoos, whatever yeah. that stuff is called, like makeup forever or something. Something. <laughs> Well, one of my favorite stories I learned in Florida. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this story because (laughs) we stayed at a place like right on the water. And so my friend kept wanting to look for dolphins because you'll see them out there. Mm -hmm. And you see the dolphin fins and a lot of people think they're sharks, but they're not. They're dolphins. Most of the time, there are sharks in the ocean, too. (laughs) Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Don't go thinking there's not. We saw lots of wildlife. We saw stingrays in the water. Luckily, nobody got stung. Saw so you guys were feeding ducks. We were feeding ducks. Oh, my God. That was a whole other episode, too. We saw ducks get murdered. What? It was horrible. So we stayed at um, on a condo that was, like, on the ocean side. But there was a pond in the middle of, like, the condominium place, too. Okay. So we saw this mom duck and, like, you know, several, seven or eight of her babies behind her. And they got out of the ocean and, you know, got into the grass and started walking through the parking lot to the pond. Oh, no. And we were like, oh, this is the sweetest thing ever. Like, so beautiful. They're like, wah, 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 wah. we're like, <laughs> nature's beautiful. I love everything. So we follow them to the pond. And when they get to the pond, this other duck with like a younger duck started swimming over to them. We're like, oh, it's their family. They're enjoying. This is beautiful. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, that other duck that came swimming over just started attacking the babies. Like, grabbing them and, like... Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Like, drowning them. We were like, what the hell? I would have gone and got a baseball bat and beat that duck up. We tried. Like, we were yelling, screaming, clapping, like, throwing things. And then, like, the neighbors came out, you know, and they were like, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We look like Florida man, like maniacs. Yeah. They're like, look at these two girls just (laughs) clapping at the pond. (laughs) We couldn't find any rocks. My friend's like, why are there no rocks in Florida? (laughs) We were trying to throw rocks at him. Turns out that ducks are like super territorial. She killed two of the babies. Oh my god! They floated belly up. It no. was it was awful, and they were like the tiniest babies ever. So, Aww. god damn you, nature! Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I'm like, why would this duck do that? Asshole duck. Yeah, so we had to like Google it. And we're like, what the hell? We also saw like hammerhead sharks as well. That's so cool. Those are the coolest of all sharks. Yeah. They were small. They weren't like big. They were babies, but we saw them right in the ocean off of where we were staying. Do you remember those gummy bear things, but they were like shark, shark bites? No. Oh, you always wanted the hammerhead one when you were a kid. (laughs) 
What were those called? Those were I don't so know. Cool. Shark. So they were like gummies, but not all of them yeah. were hammerhead sharks. No, you would get like one in the pack, and that was the the cool one. Shark, yeah, shark bites, chewy fruit snacks. But the hammerhead one was the coolest looking one because I think it was like blue and white. Oh, <laughs> oh, they still sell them at good old Walmart. Oh, we gotta get good old Wally World. <laughs> I can't believe you've never had shark bites. No. What kind Is of childhood did you have? Or like a fruit gummy, like trolley, like gummy worm. It's like... Or is it like a little tiny package yeah, of fruit Yeah, it's snacks? those little tiny packages. Oh, okay. Like gushers? Like, yes. Like those? Okay. Yes, exactly. You had that in your lunch when you were a kid? You were like king shit for the day. Well, I was deprived. I didn't get <laughs> fucking shark bites in my lunches or koala yummies do you remember those no what didn't get those either oh my god we, you need to be reincarnated and come back as a cool kid my dad would put like a thing of dinty more beef stew oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like good luck finding a can opener like the dinty plastic ones with the lid you know oh. or he'd put it in my thermos and then like a piece, a big chunk of Velveeta cheese in between like whole grain bread. Like that's what was in my lunches. <laughs> oh my God. You poor kid. Yeah, I didn't get no fucking shark bites, okay? You didn't even get bologna. I no. mean, you got a chunk of Velveeta cheese. <laughs> that just makes me so sad right now. Yeah. I was a weird, so I grew up with a Hungarian mom and a German dad and we ate the weirdest stuff like blood and tongue sausage and oh, i mean yeah. we have like pork what is blood and tongue sausage it's literally blood and tongue oh my god no like if you mm -mm. look at at the like it's like cut like lunch meat and it's a circle and you can actually see the tongue like, oh my in god it. that's disgusting but so it just tastes like fat honestly it doesn't taste like anything else to be honest but Ugh. so i grew up on that sort of food and so like for my lunches my mom would make like i loved liver sausage or Braunschweiger. Yeah. i still do to this day <laughs> but i would be the kid with like liver sausage sandwiches and green peppers and like i would love it and all the kids would make fun of me like, I would have too. Eating? I would have made fun of you too. Really? In With your, my dinty more and your my dinty more, <laughs> and you're making fun of me. I had like, I had you know your your dairy, your veggies, your wheat. I had a very healthy lunch. Balanced. My <laughs> grandparents were farmers, so I was subjected to some really weird shit like cow tongue and things like that. But or pig brains. But it was I never wanted to eat it. It was disgusting. And my grandma wouldn't tell me what it was until after I was like eating it. Yeah, she's smart. Ugh, I'll never forget that cow tongue. <laughs> it was disgusting. I it spit just it tastes out. like fat. And no. then, but it's a weird texture. It's like the texture that you would think a tongue is. Right. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, back to the dolphin. So somehow in Florida language. We started talking about dolphin encounters. Okay. And how, you know, if you go to like SeaWorld or things like that, they tell you not to rub the dolphin when you're petting it very far down uh -huh. because dolphins are actually very sexual Horny. Yep. animals. Mm -hmm. And if you rub them too far down, they start humping you. <laughs> so Gina's like, let me try. <laughs> Where's a dolphin? <laughs> So this led down to the rabbit hole of a woman who was uh, a NASA employee, Margaret Howe Lovett, who in the 1960s took part in a NASA-funded research project in which she developed an unusual relationship with a dolphin oh named Peter. Oh, God. A relationship. And the dolphin's name was Peter? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's just your typical dolphin name, Peter. A relationship that became sexual. <gasps> oh, no. I mean, what is a Blonde Moments episode with a little bit of bestiality talk, right? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Investigating the case of Margaret Ho Lovett and Peter the Dolphin, it was a relationship that started out of a logistical problem. In 1964, <laughs> Lovett was working on an experiment to try to teach Peter how to communicate with humans. And apparently a dolphin to human translator is still in the works today. She literally moved in with him for three months, sleeping next to the tank, and worked on a desk that hung over the water where he swam. <laughs> a great deal of time together and as peter was a sexually maturing adolescent <laughs> dolphin and he was, he was a teenager oh god this story is gross as it turns out it's very difficult to teach a dolphin to talk when he is aroused <laughs> love it <laughs> she found that peter would rub himself on her knee and her foot or hand she allowed it <laughs> wasn't uncomfortable. <laughs> Just sounds like a normal marriage. <laughs> it was very precious and gentle. Peter was right there. He knew that I was right there. In order to satisfy Peter's increasing sexual urges, he would be transported to another pool with two female dolphins. This was a logistical nightmare and it disrupted his communication lessons constantly. And then she got mad. She got jealous. Eventually, she <laughs> took it upon herself to relieve Peter of his urges. <laughs> Oh my god. I've never heard this story before. She fucking rode that dolphin like sea biscuit. I've seen the videos of people at like those places where you swim with the dolphins and the woman's on the pier and she's just getting humped. Like Yeah, but actually fucking a dolphin, I think you're <laughs> taking it to a whole another level. So then naturally I'm like She's checking the dolphin's phone. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you texting? <laughs> He's sleeping. She's like, pokes him. What are you thinking about right now? Are you thinking about another girl? Are you thinking about another dolphin? Another female? <laughs> so naturally, I had to Google a dolphin penis. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> what does this fucking thing look like? What was happening? So there you go. There's oh, a, my God. There's a dolphin penis. It looks like... <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit out my water. <laughs> it looks like when you when you put frosting on cupcakes and then you like do that little dollop while you like pull uh -huh. it up. <laughs> I make this my wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> or it looks like like a fake candle. Yeah. Um <laughs> It's interesting. I'll tell you, I didn't get turned on by looking at it. No, but I cannot believe this woman just fucked this dolphin. Did she make a porno? Uh, I just... Debbie does dolphins. Daddy does dolphins. No, Debbie. Debbie. Oh, Debbie does dolphins. <laughs> oh, 
much. Turns out sexual acts between dolphins and humans have a history. Why? Malcolm Brenner wrote the book Wet Goddess about his nine-month-long relationship with a dolphin. Oh, see, that's wrong because then he's doing it with a a female dolphin, right? (laughs) Like at least that male dolphin was choosing to do... (laughs) (laughs) It's actually, there's a name for it. Uh, disgusting delphinophiles humans sexually attracted to dolphins there are a number of blogs and online communities dedicated to the study and appreciation of dolphin sex (sighs) what is wrong with you people well and i believe there was a book written about that was in the 60s yes so the woman love it was fired by NASA, of course. I wonder why. They removed her from the experiment. And I believe <laughs> We can't trust you not to screw her animals. <laughs> oh my god. I believe the saddest part of all of this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Is um, dolphins actually, um, they mate for life, and when they lose their partner, they'll kill themselves. They'll drown themselves. So I believe that Peter, once he lost her, I believe he drowned himself. I'm surprised she didn't break in there and try to Try to them. steal him. Now, I don't know if that's true. This was from somebody else telling me the story that had, you know, had to read this book. Because apparently there's a book <laughs> written about it. Is it considered an erotic novel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm she- Googling Peter the Dolphin. <laughs> she had to read like this book, which I think would probably be an interesting read for college. Florida conversations, y'all. It's said that Peter's death went down as dying of a broken heart brought on by See? separation mm-hmm. that he didn't understand. So that is really sad. Yeah, he liked that. <laughs> <laughs> he liked that Poonanny. Well, I think that's cute that they mate for life. I didn't know that. I thought they yeah. were just getting it on with any other dolphin around. Mm-mm. I... <laughs> I don't know. We cover some weird shit. I swear to God. Yeah. I never thought in my life I'd be Googling a dolphin dick, but here (laughs) we are. right. (laughs) You already had that picture. It's saved in my photos. God. I... I'm speechless on this one. (laughs) Rarely do I see you speechless. (laughs) And it happened in the 60s, and that makes uh-huh. it even more weird to me. Because that nowadays, it's like, God, you hear all this weird stuff. But in the 60s, that would really be taboo. Yeah. But it was NASA's fault. They put her up to trying to, like, form this relationship to get them to communicate. And yeah. boy, was Peter communicating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horny. I'm horny. I'm horny. <laughs> I believe he learned how to communicate with her. He sure did. With his penile. Maybe this is why there still is no uh, <laughs> dolphin translators to this day. Yeah, maybe like all dolphins are just real Casanovas. And once you yeah. start communicating, they're like, put on that berry, berry what? Hey, baby. <laughs> I, I had no idea that there was so many people that had fucked a dolphin that it's like a thing, that, I, that there's like a name for it, you know, a dolphin fucking name. It's never surprising anymore, which is so freaking sad, but true. Yeah. <laughs> I just pulled up my photos and then still the dolphin dick is still there. Ah! You like it. I think I can delete that now. 
saving it for the podcast. But you it's... don't want to. You don't want to erase it. <laughs> Anything else funny happen in Florida? Well, one of my favorite Florida man encounters was our Uber driver, Bulldog. He was an interesting fellow. Shout out to Bulldog. A moment uh, where I was a little bit in fear of my life when he pulled out his switchblade while he was driving. <laughs> because... Because he had gotten infection in his balls. What? Why do you know this? Because <laughs> he told us. He told us oh a lot my of things. God. <laughs> he got an infection in his balls. He claimed from not washing them properly. Ew, uh, no. <laughs> oh my God. I <laughs> decided. <laughs> God. He decided to cut the infection out himself. Oh, okay. Stop. No. I don't want to know any more of this story. Turns out <laughs> that he started bleeding real bad and had to go to the hospital anyways. You think? So, oh. With a, his pocket switchblade. Yeah. I'm. This is so gross to me. This is worse than dolphin fucking. This is, this is so much worse than... I'm trying to... I have a video of it for you. You have a video of him doing this? Of him pulling out the knife, talking... Oh, yeah. I thought you meant of him cutting no, out the infection. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I was getting a little lightheaded there. Oh, God. We all have chest, chest skin. Uh-huh. All of us. Did you get folliculitis? I think so. Or something. <laughs> it's where the hair follicle goes yes. inward and then it swells oh, up. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, yeah. Dude, it fucking sucks so yeah. bad. But I went to the ER... I cut it out. Oh, no. I got stitches in my little world, but they're going to come Sweaty out. ball hair for you, Dude, sweat is not good on the groin piece. Sure ain't. So I learned my little lesson. Not down there. Go wash your balls, sunny. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long of a trip were you on? Yeah. Sharp as hell. Yeah, Ew, you touched that. She touched that. Yeah. Bam. 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 <laughs> Dig that out. Yeah, I Ooh, take, I would, take it out. The doctor said, he goes, well, you kind of did the right thing because it was, it was so You spliced it. Yeah. I, I, I got it. The blood came out, and that's when I ran to the ERs. Oh, Oh, my God, dude. Well, good thing it's taken care of. Oh, yeah, it's behind me now. <laughs> I would never have touched that switchblade. Well, she was not aware that was the one he'd cut his balls open with. Because she said, is this the one you used? And he said, yeah. And she handed it back to him. (laughs) God. Ew. Because you know he didn't clean that. No. He also told us many other stories. Yeah. How long was your Uber ride? Uh, About 25 minutes. He covered some ground. (laughs) Did he still get a five-star rating from you? (laughs) We gave him a five-star rating. We said, good conversation. Oh God! Anytime I see that now on Uber, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna like decline that particular. Well, he picked us up from the beach, so that's why we we're in our bikinis. Uh huh. We had no- we went to the beach in our bikinis, you know. So he's like, "These are my people. These- <laughs> I can tell them about my balls." He told us about some crackhead lady that looked like a goblin. <laughs> uh, he told us about someone who got a ball hitch stuck up their ass. Like oh. he told us. So many stories. That would be a great story for our podcast. Ball yeah. hitch stuck up your butt. I wish I had Bulldog's number. I'd invite him to be a guest <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, via Zoom. I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Touching my table and. 
So he was a Florida man for sure. Something else, man. I swear. Like, that's one of those definitely TMI. Yeah. Is sweaty balls. Yeah. First of all, (laughs) venting that you don't wash your balls so they're dirty is TMI for your Uber passengers, much less showing you a switchblade that he cut out an infection. Well, he kept like flicking the blade, and I was like, ah, bam. I was like, why does he keep flicking his switchblade? Like, this is showing off. This is scary. Did you see his long hair? Uh-uh. I, <laughs> I was I staring at your breasts or his switchblade. <laughs> oh. No, no, no. I mean, it's crazy how you never know what's going to happen when it happens. Nope. You can never predict it. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen when it happens. I don't remember what he was talking about. That's a life lesson. Ball hitch booty? No. Oh, that was the ball hitch. Oh, that's right. The guy had the guy who got the ball hitch up his ass had to get a colostomy bag after. That's right. I forgot about that. No, I not. A lot happens when, when you're talking to Florida man. You can either choose to engage Florida man in conversation, which we were in the Uber, you know, and we were also had enough tequila at the beach where we were engaging Florida man conversation yeah, right. with him. And then there's times where you don't want to engage with Florida man. We had one guy come up to us at the beach. He was like, are you girls old enough to drink? And we were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. no. And he was like, well, here's these cards. And he's like, this is my bar. And I don't even remember what the name of the bar was. And he was like, these cards are good for a free shot. And this guy did not look like he owned a bar. I <laughs> I don't think those were legit cards. And then he was like, and if you show me your titties, I'll give you a free mask. <laughs> Yes, please, sir. So I'm pretty sure he was just going around the beach trying to see titties. Well, it's really nice that you're wearing your mask right now. (laughs) (laughs) Get your free mask on. We were like, sir, they give those away for free. Why would we need to show you our tits for them? Well, you can still get a free shot. Convenience. It was right there. Uh, So I'm pretty sure he just had fake cards. (laughs) That he was going around to the beach try- and he had a handful of masks. You know, he was trying to see girls' tits to give him a free mask. I mean, you can't blame him for trying. No, I cannot. I cannot blame him for trying. But um, let me tell you that he didn't look like he owned any legitimate <laughs> business. Hey, he is he's an entrepreneur. He was something. He was Florida man on the beach. He's a Sir, I'm going to need you to stand six feet away from me. <laughs> And wear one of those masks. And wear one of those masks. You're scaring (laughs) us. You're scaring children. (laughs) So I have a listener's email, and I have not even read it yet, but I figured let's give it a- Why not? Well, let's wing it here. The subject is, thank you, Melinda and Gina, so much for your awesome Blonde Moments podcast, plus a story of mine to share. Hi, Melinda and Gina. I've just been listening to some of your Blonde Moments podcast, and I've loved every one of them I've listened to so far. They are fun as well as educational and very well presented, and it's great to hear other women talk openly about our sexuality and sexual experiences. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That's what we're preaching. Mm -hmm. Some of your podcasts literally get me laughing out loud. Thank you so much for being so awesome. I love your approach of no topics are off limits. We will cover it all. I have a story to share about how I and several other women at work responded to a work colleague who sent me a dick pic. (laughs) 
Oh no! <laughs> okay, the unwarranted dick pic. Not only that, but it's colleague. That's even worse. Like you have to even keep worse. seeing this person. Then I thought it might be a laugh to share it with you both. It shows just what can go wrong if these pics are sent out, especially when they are unsolicited. I hope that it provides some entertainment for you in return. Receiving these pics is the story of my life on social media at the moment. I get so many of these pics sent to me on Tinder that I could make a coffee table book full of them (laughs) and don't even get me started on Snapchat. It's just funny, like in this day and age, you're still getting... She must be super hot. (laughs) I don't receive these on... Are you on Tinder? No, I'm not on Tinder, but... Like Instagram is what I'm thinking. I don't receive unsolicited dick pics on Instagram. Well, we did in this email, so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, on with my story. A guy I used to work with used to always brag about having a huge penis. Oh, Lord. It's probably not even that big. He always looked for an opportunity to talk about how big he was and how so many women were after him because of it. He once said that he had a 10-incher. I'm sure you've both come across someone like this at some stage. This all changed, however, when he sent me a dick pic. (laughs) His pic was a close-up of his penis with a ruler right next to it so I could see exactly how long it was fully erect. Like, this guy has problems. Oh, my God. I don't know what he was thinking, but it wasn't anything to boast about. It only looked to be just over five and a half inches <gasps> long. I knew it. I knew but it. he even had a ruler. Like, you're like... <laughs> yeah. You brag it's 10 inches, but put it next to a ruler, you're not even reaching six. Come on. <laughs> the fuck? He sent me a message around 15 minutes later begging me not to show it to anyone else and saying that he was so sorry, but I'd already sent it to every single one of my female <laughs> friends by that point. Of what course. woman wouldn't have if only to warn them all about him? Yeah. I mean, that's what... In that, you know what? That's what you get, men. How it's 2020, <laughs> you guys, don't send the unsolicited dick pic. We should all have learned this by now. If a woman wants to see your dick... You'll know. Yeah. You'll fucking know. She will ask for it. Yeah. It's never warranted. Right. It was no accident that he sent it to me as I found out that he'd also sent it to someone else with the same quote unquote apology to her around 15 minutes later. I think that some of them needed a really good laugh and they sure as hell got one. From then on, we kept making jokes at work by measuring various items in the office with the ruler (laughs) and saying things like, damn, that thing's smaller than I expected. It doesn't even measure six inches. Followed by lots of laughter. That's awesome. It was so funny watching him go as red as a beetroot, even though we weren't even talking about his junk. But he knew, right? He knew. (laughs) Yeah. They really do need to understand that if they send unsolicited dick pics, that it's open season for us to send to all of our girlfriends to point and laugh at, as well as criticize and judge. Telling them that it's small seems to work really well in getting them to stop. The dick pic guy left two weeks later, probably through embarrassment. I'm sure. That's what I'm I'm saying. You can't send that to somebody you work with. Yeah, well, and you know what? That's what you get. If you send a dick pic to a girl without her asking for it, yeah, I agree with her. Mm -hmm. It's free game. I'll show that fucking picture to whoever the fuck I want to. And even, you know, like that, the reverse of that too is like if a girl sends nudes to a guy, he's showing it to everybody, right? Absolutely. Actually, I have a story very similar. When I went down to Mexico in February, I sat next to this guy and he was very friendly. He was nice. He actually knew my husband. And he starts talking about how hot his wife is and all this stuff. He's like, you want to see a picture of her? And I was like, yeah, sure. He showed me a full nude oh, no. picture of his wife. And I, I was guarantee like, you his wife 
wife would not have wanted that. That's what I said. I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Was that too much? I'm like, I just feel bad for your wife because if I'm this stranger sitting next to you on yeah. an airplane, I guarantee you all of your friends have seen this picture for and sure. anybody else who will listen. I was like, what the fuck? Our boss didn't understand what was going on until after he left. Afterwards, we told her and she had a really good laugh and said that it served him right. Hell yeah. yeah. How could we carry on working normally after going through that? This is now the reason that I consider an erect penis six, six inches or less to be small. Laughing face. <laughs> Do they expect us to react to their dick pic with a message of, ooh, that's such a nice penis. Is that all They for do me? though. It's called fishing. So they'll send it out, and if they get the response back, like, oh, wow, I love that fucking cock. Can't wait to put it in my mouth. (laughs) Or if they get no response back, that's when they start apologizing. Right, right. Because they're they're fishing. They're fishing to see if, you know, they can get fucking their dick sucked or their dick wet (laughs) off of sending this picture. Uh, she also says, wow, I feel so lucky now. It's so big and such a turn on before we magically jump through their screens desperate for sex and then jump on top of them. Surely they must know by now that this approach doesn't work and we are much more likely to show their pics to friends and have a good laugh at them. Yeah. Thank you both so much again, Melinda and Gina, for your awesome podcast. And I really do hope that my story gives you a good smile or laugh. Have oh, a wonderful day. Love and hugs, Sue. And then she wrote, P.S. The full message I received from him was simply the word like question mark. So yes, of course. Fishing. fishing. Yeah. Followed by a photo of his penis scratching my head. A simple hello would have worked so much better for him and kept him out of trouble too. If you want to see his pic just to show you how ridiculous his whole approach to me was. (laughs) Yes. Then I've added it below. Yes. I find that laughter really is... You're like geeking out. Let's see it. I find that laughter really is the best medicine when it comes to these pics. Here's the pic he sent to us. No wonder that as women, our sense of distance is all messed up when men keep on telling us that this is 10 inches long. Let's see it. Oh, (laughs) no. no. Oh, no. Ew, it looks like he put Vaseline on the head of it or something. It's all shiny. Okay, I didn't really look at it. His balls are in it too. <laughs> that see, it was His balls almost reach one inch. <laughs> His balls almost reach one inch. But yeah, you short of six inches, buddy. And it's not like it's even a fat one either. You know? It's as thin as the ruler, huh? <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Why Why would this man do this? Why? Like you said, fishing. Because you know yeah. what? If you don't take the shot, you're going to miss it, right? You, so, miss ni- you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, yeah. right? You, but not this way, fellas. Not this way. No. Mm-mm. Not ever that way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is fucking great. <laughs> why would he go around telling people it's 10 inches and then put a fucking rule? Yeah, like, it? why wouldn't you just yeah. send the picture and then... He would have been better off getting, without... like, a millimeter ruler and then hiding <laughs> that, that that it was millimeters. <laughs> millimeter. <laughs> oh, my God. Then like or a hundred centimeter. <laughs> hundred millimeter long wiener. Right. <laughs> Something. I, uh... Or getting, like, a toddler's ruler. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, he just should never even have put the ruler no. next to it because yeah. you you could have never known. Right. right. He he could have taken his chances of getting it at a really good angle where it possibly looked bigger <laughs> than it is than putting it next to a goddamn ruler where his balls reach one inch. Yeah, I I don't know. But so that was definitely an unsolicited picture as well for me. <laughs> I have nightmares. Thank you for sending that to us. Yeah, that was funny. 
I love it. And what we keep preaching about, like, we get to talk about sex just as much as guys do. It's not a bad thing. You guys want it from us, so we should be able to talk about it too. Yeah. But still, gentlemen, no, no, no to the unsolicited dick pics, okay? If we have to go over this for the millionth time, it's a solid (laughs) no. You'll know when a girl wants to see your dick. So changing gears a little bit, two was it last week's episode? Change gears. I love talking about dick. <laughs> well, you you talked about your blonde moment that you had. Oh my god, the, the air, air pump. trying to pump air into my tire, mm-hmm. and I didn't put all the freaking quarters in. So that was two episodes so, yeah. ago. You talked about it. Well, a listener Leah sent in an email, and she said. Melinda and Gina, when I hear Gina's story about the air machine, it made me think of this video I saw this past week. It's it, me. <laughs> it made me it's cry me. laugh. Maybe this will make you feel better about your blonde moment. Thanks for the show. Your humor never fails. I look forward to the episode every week. Much love, Leah. So here's the video. I haven't watched it either because I wanted to. Oh. Oh, I've seen this. The girl who keeps driving around the gas station. Yeah. Yes. It's she a four-minute long video, but I watched it. She she keeps going to the wrong side of the pump yeah. with her car. So she keeps going to the passenger side when her gas tank is on, on the, the driver's side. side. You know how you can tell from inside of your car which side of your gas I, tank is I, on. I do know that. There's a little arrow next to the gas picture, and it points to the side of the car that mm-hmm. it's on. But So she keeps doing this, but I felt bad for her because I'm like, this guy who's taping it could have totally went over there and... Nah, fuck it. I would have watched her too. <laughs> okay. Well, then you can't be mad at people making fun of you for your air story. Listen, I thought it was a dollar. A dollar fifty. Okay. Well, thanks for sending that in, Leah. And it made me feel better. And it made me feel better for laughing at Gina's blonde moment because obviously she's mean and laughing at somebody else's blonde moment. <laughs> it made me feel better too because at least I know how to tell where the gas pump is okay so yeah but you don't know how to put air in your tires i still feel like i one-upped this lady (laughs) you one-upper oh god we all know we all know somebody the one-upper the classic one-upper oh god i hate the Mm one-upper i'm going on vacation this weekend oh i'm going on vacation too yeah Oh, I yeah. went on vacation five times already. <laughs> That's like um, Kristen Wiig on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. She's the one-upper. It's so freaking funny. I, I, I know a couple people like that. Yeah, I, not my favorite. No. Okay, so before we go into our true crime stories, I did want to share a story that my mom sent in because I actually thought this was hilarious. So we keep touching base on all the stupid things you did as a child. And the story is so weird and funny. I just, I can't believe this is from my mom. Okay. I can't wait. She said, when I was young, I would always want to play marbles with the boys. They would say, no, you don't have any marbles. It would make me so mad. One day, my father (laughs) came. Can already sense where this is going. You have no idea. I'm thinking marbles like balls. Yes, but you have no idea. Okay, okay, I, okay. I promise you, not in a million years would you ever figure out what the hell my mom did. Okay, okay. <laughs> One day, my father came home with a pig, flopped it on the kitchen table, and my mother got right on it and started butchering it. Man. I was slapping his little butt, <laughs> kissing his snout, looking into his tiny little round eyes. A light bulb went off in my head. Perfect little marbles his eyes 
Oh my got God. the butcher knife, started carving his eyes out of their sockets, rinsed <laughs> them off, shoved them into my pocket, and out the door I went. I thought I was hot shit, playing with my new marbles in my pocket. I approached the gang of boys, bent down to their level, and asked if I could play. They said, no, you don't have any marbles. <laughs> I smiled. My heart started pounding. I got this. I pulled my new marbles slash eyes out of my pocket, <laughs> opened my hand up and shouted, I have marbles. They yelled, no, you're a girl. I got so mad, I threw the eyes into the center of the, the circle of marbles, <laughs> turned away, started crying and running hard and fast. To this day, I wonder if, if those boys thought I was a witch, a serial killer, or just plain sick. Don't you ever wonder sometimes about the things you do and why? <laughs> And I was like thinking, those kids when they realized what it was, can were, you eyes? They were probably fucking terrified. I guarantee you, they would have let her play marbles after that. Yeah, because they would have been like, whose eyes did she carve out? Right. <laughs> and I love that she just savage style just fucking carved the eyeballs out. Damn. She said, I wish it had a better ending, but it's not made up. So it ended like that, sad and pathetic. But I think she, your mom's a savage. I she love that. is because yeah. she's like, I'm going to freaking show them like what's yeah. up. Fuck <laughs> you. I got marbles. <laughs> that is so like, I just can imagine like these kids like, what the hell is that? <laughs> They're eyeballs. They're eyeballs. They're like, <laughs> and yeah, they probably thought my mom was a witch. I'm sure. Good. Nowadays, they... she probably would have been reported. <laughs> Everybody's so sensitive now. She threw eyeballs at me. All right. Before we get into um, the stories that I forgot, I did have one other thing to ask you about. Did you hear about Ron Jeremy? No. The porn star? Yes. No. He's charged with sexually assaulting four women. I mean, doesn't shock me. So it dates back to 2014. He's 67 years old, by the way. I did meet him once and he just grossed me out. I can imagine. He looks greasy. He just, he smelled like an he old looks. man. Yeah, like he was just gross. <laughs> yeah. And he had like these boils like all over his body, like open scabs and wounds. He was wearing Crocs. He just, I remember he grossed Ugh. me out. So my brother-in-law brought this to my attention because I don't, who knows how the hell we got on talking about Ron Jeremy, but we did. He's like, did you hear about him? But so I was asking my sister then, I was like, I was like, does he gross you out? And she said, yeah, he totally grosses me out. I'm like, well, how much money? would you have to get in order to sleep with him Ugh. so we were like one million she's like no i'm like three million she said no i'm like six million she says no i'm like bring that cock over here because we're six million dollars <laughs> i would absolutely i'm like i'd let maddie do it too with somebody you know cause right I'm like that's a lot of money but he are you allowed to wear a condom You'd have to. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to. But then my sister was like, oh, well, imagine because he's a porn star, the weird stuff he'd want to do. And we're like, we're not saying that. My brother-in-law was like so funny. He's like, hell yeah, you could do it. <laughs> $6 million. Um, but I'd so have to put a time limit on it. Yeah. $6 million in well, one that, hour max. But that's what I said too. I was like, well, he's a porn star. They're supposed to last like a long time. I'd be like, dude, 10 minutes tops. <laughs> <laughs> I said an hour. Dog. Yeah, he said ten minutes. Yeah, I don't want him. He's in an hour. He'll be sweating on you uh, and like his nasty uh, breath. Uh, I'm disgusting. all set. Yeah. I mean, but for for a, that's a lot of money. 
Um, so he was allegedly sexually assaulted two women um, on separate occasions at a bar in West mm. Hollywood. That's horrible. And then another woman at the same bar in July of 2019. It's probably one of those situations where he's like, well, don't you know who I am? Like, I, I can. I bet. You know. I mean, like, he, when I met him, though, he, wasn't, he wasn't really an asshole. He just grossed me out. The right. fact, like, he's a porn star. Like, how come as women, like, that's who we get to – that's who we get to look at and he gets to screw these, like, beautiful, beautiful women, women with these yeah. amazing bodies? Yeah. I don't, and just because you're a famous porn star doesn't mean you have a right to fucking no. – violate women no so he's being held on a bail of 6.6 million see he can't afford to fuck for 6 million he needs (laughs) it for bail money (laughs) well maybe maybe (laughs) i don't even know but so he's totally denying it he's saying that he didn't have you know of course do that whatever but i just wanted to bring that up because shit it's like every week we're finding out about another celebrity celebrity yeah keep your dirty dick to yourself yeah nobody wants to see it nobody wants or if we wanted to see it we'd just go look at one of your porn videos ron jeremy i'm all set i i i after i met him i had like looked him up because i mean i had heard of the name right but i had and i was like no I've never I, watched any of his porns or anything. It but. was not turning me on whatsoever. I, I heard that he has a big dick, though. Right. right. That's that's the only reason he's a porn star. I wonder if he holds a ruler up to it. If it's... <laughs> it's six and a half inches. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess it's time to talk about our true crime. That is this episode, right? <laughs> Sometime we'll Sometime. get into it. I just keep thinking about dolphins and pig's eyes and i don't know where my head's at right it's now. a strange episode <laughs> <laughs> freaking switchblades and infections in your, your testicles balls. florida man Ooh, okay <laughs> 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 well my true crime um is inspired from season two of i am a killer Okay. Uh, I downloaded it to watch on my plane ride down to Florida. And season two, the first episode that I watched was Lindsay Hagen. Hagen, Hagen. I don't, don't know, know it. Um, but I found this so interesting and I want to know your take on it. Okay. Well, I'm I'm like, I love the fact that we're both so excited about our story. So <laughs> bring it on. Um, so she had a very difficult early life. She didn't have a good home life, not good family. She began abusing drugs in her early high school years, and that escalated to methamphetamine and heroin use. So some pretty heavy shit. Uh, she ran away from home by the age of 15, and she abused these drugs as often as she could get her hands on them. Then at 17, uh, she became clean from using drugs because she found out she was pregnant. She had her son. Oh, well, that's um, good. Yeah, and then she realized she needed to get her life in order. So in then 2003, she enlisted as a member of the National Guard. She left her son in her mother's care as she reconciled things with her family. So in 2013, while engaged in the service, she began seriously dating a man who abused her incessantly. One instance when he said he was going to kill her, she called the police. He was jailed in 2015, and she struggled to recover from the abuse. She then developed a very serious drinking problem. And in watching the show, in the abuse, he would constantly choke her to the point of her passing out. You know, and threatening that he was going to kill her. And she said in instances, like, she felt sometimes while he was choking her, he was going to kill her. But he would just do it to the point of her, like, being unconscious. 
That's scary. <sighs> so she met Robbie after she got out of this tough relationship and after she had just gotten out of rehab. And he was like very carefree. He was kind of like a vagrant, right? Um, and that he had past struggles with substance abuse as well. What so, do you mean he was kind of a vagrant? Uh, a vagabond. What? Like he was like roaming? Yeah. Okay. He didn't have like any specific destination or place that he was living or whatever. And then so she kind of decided to like live this lifestyle with him, you know, because she liked him and, you know, it was kind of like this free lifestyle that he was living. So one day they were driving around and she was explaining that she was in so off her surroundings and how beautiful everything was. And he said that he just couldn't feel anything. And he said that he wished he could be happy with her, but he's just not. So she said that he would went on to talk about wanting to see what is in the next life and how he would make remarks that he was considering suicide and things like that. Like he he wanted to die. Yikes. So basically, the talks came around like he would keep bringing up suicide and they, you know, would start drinking heavily together. So neither of them were in recovery anymore at this point. They would both start drinking heavily. And usually these talks would come up when they were wasted and how he wanted to die. He wanted to kill himself, but he just couldn't. He was too scared or, you know, like whatever. Somehow these talks came about to could she kill him for him? kind of like an assisted suicide type deal. And he was like, would you do that for me? And, you know, initially she'd be like, yes, I would. But then the next day it was, she was like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, whatever. So this went on. Dark. Super dark. So this went on for a a while, but they didn't even know each other for that long either. I mean, I think the whole span that they knew each other was two months. Oh. So we're not even talking a long period of time. They went deep. Yeah, she claimed that she loved him and, you know, he loved her too. It's state, she states that they both agreed that she would choke him to death. And they had only been dating for four weeks at the time. I'm sorry, not, not eight weeks, four weeks, four weeks. No. Yeah. So she claimed that she knew a way that she could kill him without him feeling it or him being hurt. The way that her ex had always choked her, you know, to the point where she would pass out. But, you know, claiming that it wouldn't be like painful for him. He would just pass out. And this was like your childhood game. (laughs) Right. But wow. After knowing somebody for four weeks. I mean, if somebody wanted me to do that. I'd have to have them like videotaped and like get a lawyer. Right. And you still, a lawyer would still be like, I can't legally advise you, you know, right. you to do this. I so mean, apparently they got wasted in a Walmart parking lot in Montana and she killed him. She. In a car. Put him in a chokehold and strangled him until he died. And that's how he wanted to go out in a Walmart parking lot. I guess so. It takes a while to to choke somebody to death because after they initially like pass out, you know, they're going to start she said he started like seizing and things like that and there was plenty of opportunity in the, you know, 20 minutes or whatever it took her to do this where she could have stopped, where she could have been like I can't do this, this isn't the right mm-hmm. thing, but she did not. But she claimed Moments after, you know, he had died, she tried to revive him with CPR. A police officer then knocked on the window and she told them what happened immediately. Imagine being a police officer and that's what you walk (laughs) up. Like, that's the situation you walk into. Yeah. Oh, my God. But then they interrogated her and she said that 
he asked her to kill him. But then as they continued interrogating her, and if you watched the the interrogation videos, she's like sitting up in the chair and like got her feet in the chair and she's like moving all around, like just acting odd Mm -hmm. to me. She also said, I just kind of wanted to kill someone with my bare hands, honestly. Oh. She also later acknowledged that Mast had been in contact with an ex and wanted to see her, which made her jealous. So poor Robbie Mast. Yeah, and that doesn't really seem like that's the plan, that he wanted to be murdered. I don't believe that he was suicidal at all. I don't believe he was. I think that they were wasted, and she was kind of a a bigger girl, like, in in the videos, you know? Okay. She had, like, big arms. Like, I don't know. Maybe he was depressed, and maybe he had joked around about it one time, or maybe he didn't even say that at all. I don't know. Well, maybe he had said it, but that doesn't mean he really had wanted it to happen. Right. So she was sentenced to 60 years in prison for the murder of Robbie Mast. And then it gets even weirder. The show gets even weirder. So Robbie Mast's mom and stepdad decided that they were going to, like, reach out to her. And now they're all in, like, this close relationship. On the show, like, there was a prison call where... The the mom and the stepdad are like on the phone with her. They're like, please sing the song to us again. You know, and she's like singing this song. And they're like, oh, they were able to forgive Lindsay. And they're like, oh, Lindsay, we love it when you sing. They say that they even consider her to be like a daughter to them. Okay. Are these like really Christian people? Is that? That's, they said their, their strong Christian faith led them towards <sighs> forgiveness. I understand that you want to forgive the person who murdered your child, but the fact that you formed this like close relationship and she's saying to you is bizarre. Like they visit her, they have phone conversations with her all the time. Those are some better people than I would ever be able to be. Well, and now that's so that's his mom and his stepfather. So his biological father and stepmother and siblings. They didn't want to participate in the documentary, and they don't believe Lindsay's twisted story at all. And they also believe that the mom and the stepdad are just doing it to promote themselves and like... Okay. So they have their own agenda. Agenda, yeah. So here's my thoughts on this. I could never be able to kill somebody if they asked me to. Even if somebody begged me to to take their life because they were so suicidal, there's no way I could do it. No. There's no way. Well, even, especially if you have any feelings towards that person. I don't even think if somebody was really sick, you know, right. if somebody was like even terminally ill and they just wanted it over and no. done with, I don't even think I could do it I then. I couldn't. Much less someone who's healthy, someone who's healthy and that's just maybe not mentally right. stable or whatever it is, there's not a chance in hell. Let alone somebody I knew for four weeks. No. It, it's a no. And I don't believe her story at all either. I don't believe it. I believe she was jealous. I believe she did want to, because she said herself, I wanted to feel what it was like to kill someone with my bare hands. She concocted this story. I don't, I don't believe any of it either. Wow. Yeah. If you haven't watched this episode, watch it. It's really interesting. There's, a, it goes into a lot more detail than, you know, my 10 minute TED talk about it. So. And so she's been, she's in, she's sentenced to 60 years. Mm-hmm. Do you know when her release date is or like even around the year? Mm-hmm. So when did this happen? This happened in 2015, I believe. Oh, so she, she'll probably die in prison then. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And look at her, 
look at her in the interview room. I I mean, geez, I've seen those documentaries where people give false confessions and all of that stuff, but Yeah. Oh, she looks totally different in that picture than she did in the one seat yeah, in the chair. She does. Yeah. It's bizarro. The whole thing's bizarro to me. Yeah. I don't believe it. And I think the parents being involved in it that much, saying they considered to be her her to be a daughter, it's it's bizarro. Yeah, again, I understand the forgiveness aspect of it, but to have this close bond yeah. is it's it's strange. Yeah. And then also the other thing is if my – the person I was seeing asked me to murder them, I would call their parents yeah. and say they're depressed son or there's help. something going on yeah. here. I wouldn't just be like, okay, let's or drive to Walmart and get hammered. Right. And I'm going to kill you. I mean, there's so many like suicide prevention hotlines now. There's no people you can get in contact that can help you. Like the last thing you do is kill them. For them, quote unquote. Like, and if you really care about that person, you want to get them help. Help them. For yeah. Sure. You don't, you don't want to kill them. You want to get them help. That's like the opposite of caring for them. You care for them. You get them the mental health they need. Mm-hmm. So fucking It sounds weird. like Robbie just got mixed up with some, someone who had issues of their own. Yeah. I, that, that I watched some of the first season of I Am The Killer. I didn't watch the whole thing. And I don't remember which specific person it was but i had nightmares after watching like that guy just freaked me out crazies on there well i watched it on my plane ride to florida i'm like great i'm going to florida (laughs) now terrifying i love that that's what you're watching on a plane was it on your phone yeah okay (laughs) the people around you are probably like what the hell is she doing what is she watching should i go into mine yes i'd love to hear yours now Okay, so this is the story about Tracy Fortson. Uh, I'm going to kind of jump ahead. I'm not really going into much of her back history, like her her back life, but she was a 35-year-old single mother. She had a teenage daughter. Um, She was about 5 foot 6 inches, 140 pounds. She had been married two times previously, divorced both times. She was living in Madison County, Georgia. So I'm going to kind of fast forward through a lot of this here. So she wanted to pursue her dream of becoming a police officer. She achieved that dream at 34 years old, and she graduated with honors from the police academy. People had considered her a pioneer in the area because she was the first female deputy sheriff. Even though she got her dream job, she still wanted to find love. So she was kind of unlucky in love two times before. Oh, that's sad. In 1999, she met a man named Doug Benton. He was a welder. He was three years younger than her, I believe. He was a bodybuilder. People considered him a teddy bear. He was super outgoing, very friendly. When he was younger, he really got into smoking pot when he was 18 years old excuse me, 15 years old. And then he also started using steroids and then that made him become an alcoholic. And then he had a child from a previous marriage. They had been married 10 years and then he started getting becoming like a really mean drunk. Then he ended up getting divorced. He lost custody of his son and then he wanted to change his life and that's when he got into like bodybuilding and cleaning up his act and cleaning the steroids, hopefully. He met Tracy at a tanning salon. Because, you know, those bodybuilders need to GTL. be. GTL. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He had long hair. He had a bunch of tattoos. And Tracy was like, 
Hell to the no. You oh, are. Oh, I thought she was interested. No, she. Oh. So he asked her out and she was like, nope, this is not going to happen. And he was totally into her. So the next time he saw her, he had cut his hair. He got oh. clean shaven. And she was like, hubba hubba, yeah. Like, Give me that dick. <laughs> Uh, They both loved hunting. They loved shooting. Uh, They were both into motorcycles. He would take her out on his Harley Davidson all the time. And they were both athletic. Obviously, her being a police officer, she ended up getting into training for that. And they were both at the gym, fell head over heels in love for each other. But some people had said that Tracy was a very jealous woman, not just of other women, but also of Doug's friends like his male friends like anybody who was bodybuilding with like she she just didn't she wanted all of his time she wanted all of his attention and so a lot of his friends started seeing this side of her and i guess they started stopped coming around because they didn't like the jealousy so fast forward a little bit she ends up quitting her job her dream job her dream job because she wasn't getting along with the sheriff and those higher ups and she also filed a sexual assault case on them. Oh. They had asked her what color thong she was wearing. One coworker had said something about her being a stripper before she had come to work at the sheriff's department. She said that wasn't true, but he had made comments that the guy had seen pictures of her with two men and just saying all this inappropriate stuff. And a lot of it was, I think, because she was the only female on this force. Right. This pissed off Doug. It made him super uncomfortable. And he was the one, I guess, that said, you really should quit and file a complaint against the Madison County Police Force. Wow. Doug also persuaded her to wear a wire one day when she was at the sheriff's office so they could record the lewd comments that were being like said. Like harassing her? Some And, you know, hear from all the guys – in the department and they had thought that with that recording that for sure they were going to have a huge sexual harassment lawsuit against the sheriff's office and probably a lot of money there was doug's even quoted from tracy saying that he thought she was sitting on a gold mine then he thought there'd be a lot of money and more than likely they wouldn't want this huge hubbub around it that they would probably settle out of court hubbub has become my word hubbub june 17th 2000 doug went missing He was 38 years old at the time. His neighbors had actually called him in as missing because they he had a bunch of exotic birds and they were they died of starvation. Oh my god. And they thought this was abnormal because he was very attentive. So the police go to the house inside. So he was missing for a while. I think it was a couple of weeks. I think it was two weeks. I think I get into that later. I think it goes more specifically into it, but they knew it was abnormal. So the police come, they go inside his house. Everything seems to be normal. They don't see anything out of place. So then the authorities start contacting anybody that they knew that could be linked to Doug. So family members, obviously Tracy, neighbors. So when they contact Tracy, she said that she hadn't seen Doug in more than a week. And she said, you know, who probably had seen him last was his friend Jeff, who was also a fellow bodybuilder. They contacted Jeff, and Jeff stated it had also been a while for him since he had seen Doug, but he said that if Doug is missing, more than likely it's because of Tracy, because she's super jealous, and she didn't like Doug and Jeff spending time together Right, and why didn't Tracy report him missing? I'll get into that. Okay. Jeff told the cops that Tracy and Doug fought all the time. She was very jealous, and he said... He had also remembered it had been over a week since he had seen Doug's truck. But then a neighbor called in Doug's truck 
Doug had left his truck in their driveway. June 5th, this was, okay, June 17th is when he was reported missing. But June 5th, they found the truck. Their keys were still inside the ignition and there was a note taped to the windshield. The note said, I'll be out of town for a while. Trust you to look after my truck. Don't try to contact me. I'll contact you later. Don't send anything. Nobody. Doug. Mm. Seems suspicious, right? Doug didn't write that. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks that truck was sitting in the neighbor's driveway. The neighbors stated that they had seen Tracy at Doug's house. And the investigators were like, okay, well, this seems a little fishy, Uh, right? So they want to get more information from Tracy. She had agreed during her interrogation that her relationship with Doug was tumultuous, that they had several breakups, but they would always get back together. And every time that they broke up, it was usually Doug's fault. It's always the man's fault. It, I mean, but it really is. It really is. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) When they would get into a fight, he would just get really mad. He'd say he wanted space and to cool down and she'd leave. She would just leave him alone. Before he disappeared on June 3rd, they had a big fight. Um, She says it was a stupid argument that just escalated and she left. The next day, she decided she wanted to go to Doug's house to help him feed the birds. And that was the last time that she had actually seen him alive. But she noticed that he really didn't seem to be himself, that he was really quiet and out of sorts. She also said that a few days later, Doug had left a message on her answering machine saying, don't come back, leave me alone. I never want to see you again. So Tracy says, I'm just thinking he's being dramatic and I'm going to do what he asks and just going to leave him alone. Okay. She was concerned though that maybe this time it was it for them, that this was, they were never going to get back together. But she also felt like something bigger was going on something crazy was going on with him. Like, was he protecting her from something? Well, it turns out Doug had been known really well by the local law enforcement, and a lot of people thought that Doug was a snitch, like an informant for the police. His own mother stated that that was true, that he had snitched on a drug dealer who was then put behind bars. Even in the courtroom, that drug dealer said once he gets out, Doug is dead. Oh. Tracy agreed that he must have been in trouble and maybe he had been contacted by this particular guy and that's maybe why he was acting crazy. The detectives also find out that one year earlier from Doug's disappearance, he had given his mother a videotape that he made for his son in case something happened to him. So was he worried about somebody killing him? Like even yeah, a year it sounds like that. it. In Oglethorpe County, which is a county over from Madison County, uh, there was this farm. It was Rodney Sturdivant's farm. There was a property manager named Rob Poston. Poston? He was out on this farm, and he found this spray-painted camouflage trough out in the woods. And what happened was it was, like, super far away, but the sun caught it just right, and it glinted off of his eyes, and he's like, what the hell is that thing over there? He goes over to investigate, and as he approached it, he noticed a stink. It Mm -hmm. smelled so bad. He didn't even touch it. He just called 911. That rotting human flesh smell. Authorities get there and they check the trough and the trough was filled with cement. They got a tractor, took the trough, dropped it a few times, and they were able to break apart the cement. And when they broke apart the cement, it was revealing a human shoulder attached to a body and it just had tattoos all over it. Oh, 
Detectives compare the tattoos to open missing persons cases and were able to find out that the identity matched Doug Benton. They take the trough to the lab. They exhumed his body. While that's going on at the scene, they also found tire tracks. There was a tree that had deep rope marks around it in the bark. They theorized that the trough was on the bed of a truck. They attached the rope to the tree and then that pulled the trough off when they sped away with the truck. The mom, Doug's mom, thought that he was working undercover as an informant. And so maybe, you know, the person who was being snitched on really did get to him. That was what her theory was. Back at the medical examiner's office, they had to literally chip Doug out of the cement. And they were able to determine that he had been shot in his head and the bullet was still inside of his head. So then the police go back and they get a warrant to search Doug Benton's house. This time in their search, as soon as they get to the house, they notice this really potent smell of kerosene. It was throughout the house. And once they get inside, the carpets were just doused in kerosene. There was also candles placed throughout the house. But the candles didn't catch anything on fire because almost everything had been scotch guarded in the house. Whoever decided to set this house on fire, it, it backfired on them. It didn't work. They start looking through the house even more because they're like, okay, somebody's trying to cover up something in this house. Yeah. They pull up the carpet and they found blood stains. On the couch, there was blood stains. Also inside the couch, there was more blood. The blood had soaked into the cushions. So the detectives figure that he was probably sleeping on the couch and then someone had come in and shot him in the head. On Doug's body, they found more injuries. He had stab wounds on his buttocks, his legs, and his genitals. Mm, All of that was not done. A, that's not a, a drug or snitch killing. It was all done after he was already dead. Oh, yeah. Red it's flag, the girl. Red flag, you know, usually that means Overkill. somebody who was with him at the time or somebody who had been in a relationship with him previously, somebody obviously was his lover. So then they bump up Tracy to suspect number one. The other thing that was crazy, it was Oglethorpe County, where Doug's body was found, was an area Tracy knew very well from her time as a deputy sheriff. But she also had hunting privileges on that farm. Mm-hmm. He hadn't seen her truck there in a while, but it raised a red flag that she knew the area well enough, and it would also be a strange coincidence if the body was left there where she knew the grounds very well. It seemed very obvious, and they were wondering if maybe their volatile relationship is what caused her to to murder him and stab him. Bringing Tracy for even more questioning, she was super guarded. She didn't want to cooperate with them, but this didn't deter the detectives, so they went out and got a search warrant for her house. Mm-hmm. They go through her house and they find a 22 caliber rifle in the attic. It's the same caliber as the bullet, but remember, she's in law enforcement, so that doesn't mean anything. She had, like, a bunch of guns. They found receipts for cement, shower curtain, and a trough. Was this a coincidence? Tracy, while they were at her house, she was at her parents' house with her daughter, and she got the phone call where they're asking her to come down for more questioning, and her daughter had stated that she was crying. She started hugging everybody goodbye. She gave her daughter this necklace that she was wearing. Once down at the station, though, she refused to speak to law enforcement. That evening, they arrested her for Doug's murder, but now we need to start thinking about this a little bit more. He was found dead, and she was arrested within two days. Fast investigation. They never had another suspect. Was she framed? No way. Because of the sexual assault claims. She was going to sue Oglethorpe County 
or maybe it was Madison County, I don't know which one specifically, because of the sexual assault claim. That's just something to get the wheels in your head going a little bit. Prosecution claimed that once he was dead, because they were saying, okay, he's like a big dude. He's a bodybuilder, right? And she was, what did I say earlier? Five, six, 140 pounds. 140 pounds. How the hell would she have moved this dead body? Herself. Herself. Yes, that's true. So they claim that once he was dead, she could have moved him onto the carpet with the shower curtain on the floor, pulled the shower curtain onto the back deck, and then pulled him into the trough on the back of the truck, poured the cement in, then dumped him on the farm. Well, yeah, and if she used a rope on a tree to pull it out, she wouldn't. you wouldn't need a manpower sure. to do that. But even to pull him, you know, through the house to the deck and everything. They couldn't prove the twenty two caliber rifle was the murder weapon. Their kind of smoking gun was the receipts that she had for the trough, the cement, the shower curtain. Inside of her truck... They found in the bed of her truck, there was splatter from cement. The patterns of the splatter showed a clean area where the trough would have been, and there was splatter all around it, okay? Uh, There was a lot of scratches in the bed of her truck coming from the trough, going off the back of the bed of the truck. Then they look at the note. The note was not in Doug's handwriting, but it also wasn't in Tracy's handwriting. The analyst who went over this handwriting said that it was disguised, but couldn't tell who it was from. Wow. So she still could have wrote it, but disguised it? Sure. The tape that they used to tape the note to the windshield was a tape that they used when processing crime scenes and also to lift fingerprints. So that she could have had access to. Or... Or the police department. Yeah. They also stated that the paint on the trough is the same paint that was on her mailbox... But does that prove that she did it? The defense stated that all the evidence was circumstantial and there was no motive. And her being at the head of her class, graduating from the police academy, wouldn't she have known not to leave evidence in her house? Right. Especially the murder weapon? Like essentially a smoking gun. She would know better. Doug's mom even agreed. Tracy didn't do this. She said that she wasn't stupid enough to have left evidence behind, especially in her own house. And why would she leave this body on a piece of land that she could be linked back to? It's almost too much coincidental circumstantial evidence. She said that in in the past she had purchased cement. She at some point wanted to pour a cement area for her dogs. She had horses, so that's a reason why she would have troughs. Um, But she said when she had purchased those things, she had left them both outside instead of leaving them in the bed of her truck due to the rain. And when she came home later, those items were missing. And she just blamed it on Doug. This is all what Tracy's saying. I'm not trying to put anything in your head one way or the other. Okay. Wait. What did the videotape say that he had left to his mom? It was basically him speaking to his son. Okay. I didn't watch the whole the whole tape. Okay. I just watched a little blurb of it. But in case something happened to him, he wanted his son to know that he loved him. And okay. The previous drug dealer I had talked about that Doug snitched on was, in fact, out of prison at the time of Doug's death. They never considered him a suspect. Reasonable doubt, right? Right. Hmm. Tracy never testified because she was told not to. So on July 12th, 2000, the jury convicted her of murder and attempted arson. She was shocked. Doug's mom was shocked. Three years later, March 2004, she went and appealed her case to the Georgia Supreme Court, and they agreed there was not sufficient evidence. It was all inadequate. They reversed her conviction, overturned it, saying there was ineffective assistance of defense counsel with process of jury election. 
March of 2004, she goes into a second trial. They put it into a new courtroom in Effingham County, so it wasn't local. The law enforcement people where she had worked, there was no ties to to the jury members. But she was convicted again, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Oh, my gosh. Friends and family do not believe she is guilty, and they believe that it was a miscarriage of justice. Doug's mom is convinced that Tracy had nothing to do with the, his disappearance and then his murder. She will be eligible for parole, or she, excuse me, she was eligible for parole in 2014, but she was denied. And to this day, Tracy still claims her innocence. Wow. So this is so reminiscent to me of making a murderer mm-hmm. because you have this guy who was imprisoned, he gets out, and then all of a sudden he murders somebody else right. when he's suing the freaking Manitowoc County Sheriff's Department. So I did a little bit more research. The evidence in Tracy's second trial proved that the so-called knife wounds that they found all over his body were caused by screwdrivers used by the people who were trying to get him out of the cement. The wounds in his midsection were not knife wounds. There was also no other evidence of her. Zero evidence, no fingerprints, nothing. Prosecution did not introduce any fingerprint evidence connecting Tracy to any evidence in this case. The case was built entirely from circumstantial evidence. If it wasn't Doug or Tracy's handwriting, who was it? Yeah. The defense says that there was male DNA found at the door of the house, which matched neither Doug nor Tracy, was never tested. The 22 caliber rifle that was found in Tracy's home, which could not be scientifically matched to the bullet in his head, but it was positively ruled as the one that could have fired the shot. And Tracy said that was planted there to set her up. I mean, you can see this both ways. You can see. Why didn't they ever test the male DNA on the doorknob to the guy that got out of prison that said he was going to kill him? I think that proves that she had lack of the right defense. Right. It could go either way here, though. Either she did all this to make it look like she was set up. To make it look Mm -hmm. like she was set up. Because she would be like, who would believe that I would leave all this here as a cop? Or she could have actually been set up. Like, I don't know. The last thing to to bring up was that there was blood found on the door of Doug's house and it didn't belong to Tracy or Doug, but they never... They never tested it. Like, they never went to figure out who it was. So that's the stuff that, like, is weird to me. And there's plenty of documentaries out there about this case. I watched Snapped. And when I watched Snapped to, to do this... They brought up her appeal, and that was kind of it. Like, they never really went into, like, I think maybe they said once, like, was she being set up? But they never went into it. So that was, like, I want to know more information about this. Yeah, because it seems like a very circumstantial evidence case. Mm -hmm. And isn't it, uh, you have to be proved beyond a reasonable doubt? Right. To me, it doesn't seem like there's enough for her case. Well, the thing, too, is what's the motive? Right. Like, you can be jealous of somebody and be mad at them because they're spending time at away from you. But if they're dead, they're really not going to spend time with right. you. He wasn't cheating on her. Right. They, they There was no life insurance policy she was going to benefit from. Nope. So what would have been her motive? Yeah. Like, unless it was just a emotional killing. Which it, it could have been. But then if he was asleep, it wasn't like they were arguing. Right? right. I don't know. I love stories like this. Because I don't because I want to know the truth. Well, if you go based upon the justice system, she's guilty. But that's... What makes it so interesting to me, it's like they have reasons to 
set this up to be this way. But the other thing is, okay, I'm not saying that the police officers killed Doug. That's not what I'm saying. But they should have looked into other avenues besides just Tracy. Exactly. There was other things they could have looked at. They kind of zeroed in on her and that was it. Same thing with Stephen Avery. Right. They didn't even look at anything else, even when there was other evidence Mm -hmm. to look at other things. Right. The blood, the male DNA, you know, anything like that. The note. It wasn't in either of their handwriting. There's plenty of reasons. And then they're twisting the stab wounds that they're really screwdriver marks. So anybody knows. I mean, even if you don't know a whole lot about true crime at all, but somebody stabbing someone's genitals, you know it's somebody who's mad at them because of jealousy or something like that, right? So. That further, you're 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 making this case sound like she stabbed his genitals when really it was them trying to get it out of the cement. Yeah, There's so then so, that takes away the overkill. Even like that wasn't. Mm-hmm. So well. wouldn't that also take away? I mean, that's like a pretty good. If I you heard it too right away, and you're like, mm-hmm, like that's a lover who stabs the genitals, right? It's gonna yeah. put that doubt in your head that she's innocent but i don't know one way or the other i will say that i feel like there's inadequate evidence and the fact that she used law enforcement tape to post this note on his truck that too just seems like too much if she graduated the head of her class for a police academy she would just know better than that right like, that would be, be like me killing somebody with a dental hygiene instrument and be like, well, I don't know. How could that be linked to me? Like, that would be so stupid. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is a tough one. Mm-hmm. It could go either way. But I do feel that they should have they should have researched other avenues besides just her. Yeah. I mean, she he was found dead. And two days later, she was arrested for yeah. his murder. But maybe they had the evidence. You know, the receipt – the paint, her truck. Can't they go back on the receipts and look at the camera from the stores? Well, they did. I didn't bring that up. I totally forgot. They did. And the even the cashier remembered seeing her. But okay. she had a reason why she had those things. Does, I don't know. It, it's, this is a good one. It's a good one. And, and uh, there's Reddit threads. There's a shit ton of documentaries there's websites about it so this was a rabbit hole one for me where yeah for sure i mean there's a lot of people who are like she's guilty 100 she's guilty and then there's other people who are like but what about this but what, what about, about this, this? Yeah. and again like making a murderer to me i it was so intriguing to me and the fact that she's still claiming her innocence and doug's mother thinks she's innocent that says something doesn't it I don't know. Well, I mean, in the case of mine, you had the mom befriending. Yeah, but they gave her forgiveness. This is true. You know, it wasn't yeah. like they were like, well, she she could, she didn't do it. Both stories equally bizarre. Mm-hmm. So my story was long. Well, good. Mine's story was short, so it works out. <laughs> but if anybody, you know, has heard anything about this case that I maybe forgot to bring up or you know this person, whatever it is. I mean, I'd love to hear more. I will for sure keep researching this and staying on top of it. But I was like, man, maybe we should just do a whole podcast on her and like we go to (laughs) Georgia and start investigating ourselves. I always wanted a case like this. Down the rabbit hole we go. Yeah, I will for sure be on that, so... And then we'll wind up at SeaWorld, petting the dolphins. And then that's going to lead to intercourse. Naturally. That's the natural progression. (laughs) I still don't understand that. I don't either. But man, it's wild. It's (laughs) terrifying. Terrifying. 
I wonder if we can put the dolphin dick on Instagram or if, or if they'll make us take it down. Instagram's so no, sensitive. No, I mean, unless you say it's dolphin dick, they may not even know. Right. You're right. Because it looks like a twisty frosty. cone. <laughs> pussy cone. Oh, my God. Oh, Gina. All right. So our next episode... We're going to talk about celebrity encounters. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear it. Any run-ins you had a ce- with a celebrity? Y'all slept with a celebrity? Ooh, you know, yeah. Little, I, I want those stories. Yeah, a little groupie <laughs> action. You know, you, we can use anonymous for your name if you don't want to, you know, that's fine. But if you fucked a celebrity, weird <laughs> run-ins, we want to hear it. If you gave a celebrity a rim job, we want to know. We want to know. We want to know. <laughs> Well, then I will end today's episode on our usual blonde joke. Ready for this one? I think so. (laughs) A blonde walked into the dentist's office and sat down in the chair. The dentist said, open wide. The blonde said, I can't. This chair has arms. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. So, coochie blonde. (laughs) 